You're a bit late for that, mate. Oh, you've already got recording, you? Yeah? Oh, yeah, well, bloody hell, right? Yeah. I thought, I'd done a bit of, um, it's not my normal session, however, <laughs> the special gym was closed today. <clears throat> so, um... The air, the air quotes, special gym. Yeah. So I wink, 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 wink. Yeah, because I'm, I'm working tomorrow or Friday, so I know I'm not going to be playing in. So I done of the bike in today as well. So the indoor, the, the indoor what bike is it? Body tech or whatever. Anyway. Isn't it? Is it a spin bike? Uh, yeah. Yeah. What Sorry. do you call? What do you call an indoor bike? I don't know because it's a bike that's normally indoors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's just a, well, I think it's a spin bike. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, it's got a, it's got a, it's got a decent. I think it's air, well, air five. Is it twelve or fifteen k five? Which is pretty, it's pretty decent. Like. Yeah. And uh, so I did like a five, five minute warm up. Obviously, this is not what I normally do. <clears throat> uh, five minute warm up. Done little, little shoulder complex warm up. Light weight, like, you know, they've done the big little crappy bars. Like, they must weigh like 4K or something. <clears throat> it's about 9K in the bar. Then we warm up. <clears throat> and I wouldn't say it was, you know, totally high intensity, but. It was rapid leg movement on the bike for a minute into um, shoulder complex. I did that five times, and then <clears throat> I just did barbell shoulder presses, uh, supersetted with uh, side raises, and I just got progressively heavier across another four or five sprints, and then I warmed down for five minutes, and that was it. So I get my shoulder workout in. No, generally speaking, I wouldn't do shoulders on my own anyway. But you know, you know the times you're in and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get my cardio in at the same time. Just the first time I've woken up heavier than I've been at the end of the day. <laughs> Obviously, it's just water loss now. You know what I mean? Oh, right, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? The new. So it's two seventeen this morning. So I'm back to pre-Christmas weight not that I gained you know I when I eat more carby more salty heavier for which Christmas is my weight will go up five pound that, that doesn't really correlate with the amount of food in terms of that's not fat gain I wouldn't, that's like a horrific calorie surplus but it'll stay it'll stay for a while it'll like stay for a week or so but now I'm back to 217 and I weighed now I was 216.8 so obviously I'm to drink some water, eat a bit of food now. So I'm maybe a new load tomorrow, maybe maybe not. So you, uh, you you talk about the scale weight very objectively, which is good, but you do also weigh in a lot. Do you, do you think you worry that you're weighing in too much, or? I don't look at the end of the week and see oh well, what's what's the average. Mm. I could probably weigh in three times a week. It'd be the same, really, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean I'm not. I don't. I'm not concerned. But what, I, I, I don't get the impression I should be concerned about you kind of weighing in a lot. I, I've just kind of more just putting the or, or making a conversation about it more than anything. Just because if you were a client, I'd be thinking like, oh, maybe we need to kind of 
let's mm. let's take the focus away from the scale a little bit because obviously I'd never tell a client to weigh in in an evening like after, even way in the morning even if it was just a kind of out of inquisitiveness um, or just wanting to know kind of just you know out of interest because I think the problem is you can start to get too focused and upset with it and I, I don't I don't get for one second I think you are mate um, just ask a question really because I thought it would be a good conversation point do you know why I did it? Because I, I felt, don't you get to the point when you feel like, oh, I feel tighter. You know what I mean? You get like, oh, tighter. Oh, you said that was sexy. It's like when I quote unquote bulk, when you're gaining, you you gain it. You, you get to a phase where well, maybe you're like, oh, I'm feeling a bit fat there. A bit, not fat, but a bit bloated. But when you go the other way, it takes it takes a while. Well, I find anyway, it takes a while to go, hmm. I feel uh, I don't feel too bad there. I thought, oh, let's just have a way to see because I've done a bit of cardio today. Let's just see how much. Let's see the difference of just like doing how much of the cardio. Let's see that. It wasn't even half hour for me. I sweat quite a lot. Let's see, let's see how much the weight difference is just by doing a bit of sweating in the day. I haven't been that active particularly today. But yeah, it was. Uh, that's what I did it. Yeah. I don't know. No, no, no. I think like is a prominent point, something worth pointing out though, in that dieting definitely, and I and I and I and I've seen this with lots of clients. Diet, dieting definitely does promote what would be considered, I suppose, negative symptoms that, in isolation, are associated with things like people with eating disorders or psychological issues with their body. Um, things like regularly weighing in or regularly body checking mirror checking those types of things now don't get me wrong i i think even though that i've done it myself when i'm dieting i think it's you know something that inevitably it does just you know the the active dieting and the focus and stuff you have and also i guess the the looking uh, when i say looking forward i don't mean be like being excited i mean like literally looking to the future of the progress does just kind of by nature actively encourage you to do those sort of things i think mm. where it becomes a problem is a bit like again like we said last week and what we've said in loads of podcasts is it's such a fine line between being okay doing that and to uh, no it's not okay and i think that's really hard to catch sometimes and I th- only yeah. the person doing it's going to necessarily know whether it is a negative thing that's why people have to be so aware of of it and just be aware that they catch themselves doing it mm. if it's a negative thing do i think it is for me more so than normally it is easier to look at the scale weight, isn't it, for, for men? Because generally speaking, men don't fluctuate that much day to day to day compared to well, week to week compared to women. Yeah, I was gonna say, I think day day to day probably, and I, I just I think for women certainly they 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 need to have periods. We <laughs> forgive the we forgive the puns. They need to have phases of of their their months where they understand what could potentially be happening with scale weight based on water retention and menstrual cycle and that type of stuff. Cause obviously depending on what phase they are, they will see um, almost patterns, I guess patterns in scale weight generally, or a lot of will, a lot of will. I mean, I haven't worked with tons and tons of women, but the women that I have worked with, they, most of them have seen a kind of a reasonable pattern, what they can start to work out when they pay attention to it and how, how that is not manipulated. Um, Basically, how it affects the scale weight. Let's say that there's definitely phases. And I remember, I remember off the top of my head, but there's distinct phases in in the four weeks. It's not even not, not every woman's average of four weeks today, but <clears throat> over like a 28 day, there is distinct weeks where the weight will be lowest, the weight will be highest, 
and then oh, was it? I think it's like week one, you'll be lowest. Week two is higher. Week three is lower than week two, but not as low as week one. Forget me. And then week four, I can't remember what week four is. It's some, it's some something along those lines. So if they can go right week one, da da da, and they can go right fight. They either way that second week can go right. I know, they know it's going to be up, <clears throat> or if it's down, they know actually I probably lost quite a bit of weight. Uh, so as long as they can track those four weeks, go right this week and this this second week I'll go up. Third week I'm a bit higher than normal, and the thing do I and like <clears throat> do it month to month so they can they can follow month to month. I know it's a bit harder for women. It's harder to go. Oh, I've lost a couple of pounds from month, month one, week one to month two, week one. When men can go Monday to Sunday, right? I've lost two pound or whatever. <clears throat> but as long as they can get that in their head, it's easier for them long term to go to stop themselves going. Ah, oh, my God, I've gained six pound, which I, <clears throat> which I've seen people, women do. So what I remember I was going to say earlier about why. I look as probably I look as scale weight more now than normally is because I know the weight I was when I was in good nick last night, so I know there's that much to go. So I think oh I'm a pound nearer, so it's all a good it's all it's a, it's a pound in the right direction. Mm. Yeah, yeah, no 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 and I think it does align what I said, I think, in that as long as you're comfortable after taking some fair reflection on it, that it is not a coming from a, a perspective of negativity or anxiety or obsession almost as long as it doesn't come from kind of those sorts of things i think it's okay it's just that it's just a fine line between like we said last week it's just a fine line between being okay and being um having a negative effect on on the outcome of your well-being so yeah like but like it, sorry mate go on. i think it i think it, it, it does get worse as you get Leaner and leaner and leaner, you get to that phase where you're like, especially for me, if, if as I've been there before, you think, oh, I'm nearly there now, I need to push harder, or I can go beyond mm. what I was before. If you think, right, oh, actually, I'm seven, eight pound heavier, so I'm in the same condition, you think, oh, well, actually, let's see if I can get to that same weight, but be in better condition. So then things get a bit, <clears throat> you get more obsessed than you do because you are. Get, I wouldn't say I'll get a single. I don't really get a single digits at all. But you get into level where it's get it gets more difficult, it? and you see a lot more things going on. Like the boy I train with, he's ten percent, maybe sub ten all the time, like mm. without without worrying about it. And you can see this is the benefit of being lean. You know, you can everything you do it shows mm-hmm. in your body. If he has a low carb day, you can see. If he has a high carb, like a low carb week, say, and he, he carbs up, you can see it. Like a massive difference. Like, Jesus Christ. But for most people, you just can't, you don't really know it's different to day to day by up in, up in your carbs a bit here and there. But for that leanness, I think I think that gets, maybe for me, maybe for others, but as you get leaner and you see things happening, you think, oh, actually, because if you know manipulating water, manipulating carbs, sodium will change how you look when you're really lean. I think you can get a, I can imagine getting quite obsessed when you're that lean to get, you know, leaner. Not that I get the single digits, but, you know. If I do, it'd take a, 
Mm. I would think it would take a Herculean effort to get under 10. Well, maybe, maybe for your deadline, but... Oh, yeah, for deadline, yeah. Not 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 in general. But, even, mm. yeah, in, it's difficult in general, isn't it? Really hard. I think 10% is <clears throat> within yeah. reach of most people. But single digits, you've got to be... You've got to, You've got to be able to tolerate it mentally, even though I think. Well, and and physically as well, but um, yeah, I, I I guess like your position, it would probably be a case of like you just wouldn't do it one stint because it just make it too difficult. You would probably mm. decide like you know you've done. You know, we talked about. I think we talked about the podcast, and it wasn't outside of the podcast. But we talked about the kind of this this rough uh, anecdotal kind of 10% loss that where people really start to struggle 10% mm. body weight I guess like once you get to that you have to take a break and then you then maybe can have another go at it um so which a lot of people will need to do because they they don't start at a point where a you know kind of 5 to 10% loss gets them to single digits or you know like low single digits like 5% r- roughly um I, I like you know you talk about I talk about myself um I've talked about myself before around like from the front I probably look single digits a lot of the time. Um, certainly when I'm a bit leaner, I look single digits. But from the back, I probably still look close to 15 20%. <laughs> so it's like, you know, again, it's so it's so weird and arbitrary, arbitrary to, to a certain point to even kind of talk about percentages and body fat levels and stuff. And yeah. Just, you, you know, it's like 10% on me, on you, on somebody else could look totally different because because of where you hold fat like some people hold some men hold fat in their legs yeah which is not really male you know the gut is a male neck if you go, if you go, if your weight is held in your hips for example your shape will look i won't say something it's not gonna look shit at 10 percent clearly but it's gonna look a lot shitter than some of those all day weighing their legs at 10 percent mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they are probably single digits up top with no hips no waist mm. and they just look like they got big legs no, anyone would want fat in their legs compared to their stomach or their hips. I take it all day. Yeah. Chuck there. You know? But I think back to the earlier point is people can do it in one stint. I know I'm, I'm being extreme if we look at Lee Priest. There's a freak of nature, I understand, but it is possible to do it. But is it healthy to do it in one stint? Probably not. Will you maintain it afterwards? Almost certainly not. Probably, you're probably guaranteed not to. I think <clears throat> the, it's obviously a benefit of going, right, I've started at 20%. I'll get to mm, 13, 15. I'll take a break for a couple of months, maybe. Maintain that sort of zone of body fat. Maintain calories, whatever they are. That. I'll probably rebuild them to a certain extent as yeah. well. Make, get training back on track to see if you can progress from there and then when you're ready go again to 10 or 9 then you think you know under 10% if you're not competing is there really a point <laughs> really well, yeah because <laughs> it's probably worthwhile and just for those that aren't aware or haven't caught like 10% is pretty lean like you probably you talk when we when we say 10 percent, we're talking about people that are arguably probably your typical fitness model men's health cover type physique you know when when we start talking five six percent that's when you start talking about rich shredded bodybuilder on stage vascular striations everywhere like shredded glutes type you know when people say 
oh, I'm 6%. And to be fair, they look like they're just walking down the beach. It's like, you're not 6%, mate. It's no. no. Probably 15. <laughs> yeah, you're really not. I mean, like, obviously, I can't remember, who was it? Uh, Mike, big Mike, Mike Harrison, one of the friends or one of our friends. Um, I remember when he competed back in, when was it? 2016, 2017? I don't know. I can't remember the year. Um, sorry, Mike, I'm, like, I'm following your life and I should know exactly where. <laughs> what you're doing at what time of the year but um, whatever it was anyway I remember he was talking about how he got a DEXA done which is I think pretty much certainly like from an accessibility perspective like the gold standard of things that you'd be able to do to, to do your best to measure body fat because obviously we talked about before body fat is almost impossible to measure a- accurately um, but like dual x-ray where it will kind of measure your, your bone density and lean body mass to, to a point and then estimate effectively what that then leaves as body fat percentage um he was coming out as i think it was something like four and a half percent or something and he was absolutely diced like literally skeleton shredded you're like if that's coming out sort of four or five percent and there's people saying yeah i'm six percent you know walking around the beach in you know like just kind of beach condition something no mate no just just no a four and a half percent, you must feel like absolute ass. Four and a half, you must be like no energy, can't train probably. You look fantastic, but you must feel like absolute shit. Yeah. Unless you're competing, there is no, there is never a need to get there. Unless you just think, ah, oh, I'll see what it's like. Yeah, I, I agree. I think for most people, no one needs to really get that lean. I think most most people get kind of in air quotes photo shoot shredded, and that's enough. And I think you can get from again, most people can get photo shoot shredded without having to feel like absolute dog shit. They're doing wrong. Like when I when I've I've done now like two preps for photo shoots, and I would say both times I've felt towards the latter stages like a bit rough at times, like low energy and like sleep started to get a little bit affected. Libido wasn't great. Um, you know, the wife won't get any. Put it this way. <laughs> um, yeah, and I suppose like, and, and that was probably more for small periods, as in like the odd day or the you know maybe for like the odd few days or a week where I felt rough. But there'll be times again where I actually felt okay again. It wasn't like it's was permanently like that for weeks and weeks on end. Um. So yeah, I think both of those are quite similar in that. I, like, I had some periods where I felt a bit rough, but for a lot of the time, actually, it was okay. And it was just kind of going through some of the motions and, and still kind of managing it reasonably well. But you know, it, everyone is individual, um, and there will be people that feel a lot worse or suffer a lot more because of just kind of genetics or just general, generalization in individuality. But yeah, I, I think for most people, if they want to get lean, photo shoot lean is more than enough, and you should be able to do that without suffering too much um it's like that that next phase beyond that is where it then does start to get pretty hard and, and again you know just kind of back, go back to my point a second ago it is individual like people will be different but 100 percent. i think if you, if you can maintain because like, it really speaking 50 percent, 15 to 16 percent as a bodybuilder is probably classed as fat well it's not for 99.99% of the planet. Do you, do you mean on, uh, on a show, mate? That's pretty fat no. for a show. Oh, on a show. No. <laughs> you, you wouldn't expect. <coughs> I don't think if you were a coach, you'd want your... If they were a high-end athlete, like I, I don't think you'd want them to be about 15 in an off-season, really. 
exit and where they've got to get to. Mm. I don't think so. They're, they're lean, well, within reason, they're lean and they are. Off season, the easier it is to diet, isn't it? Because mm. to be honest, the IFBB Pro is our, who's the best dieter? You know, who, who's the best dieter? Because you've got your genetics, who's got the best genetics? They're all top tier, aren't they, genetic wise? Who's taking the most gear? Yeah. Who, who reacts best to that? Who can tolerate the side effects without dying? Maybe. Because <laughs> allegedly, people, allegedly. Yeah. It's like genetics, isn't it? Genetic people think of genetics as a, a muscle building or fat loss, or um, you know, they they hold decent condition all year round without worrying about it, whatever. But like, there is genetics for taking drugs. How much can you tolerate? Can your body tolerate it? Yeah. I've known people who've taken hardcore drugs for twenty years. And from the well, from the outside, there's not like nothing wrong with them. You think, Christ, you should be dead by now. But that's genetics, isn't it? But yeah, it's yeah. like who's the best. It is who's, who's the best diet. Well, on 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 the on the drugs thing, um, let's call them PDs. So performing enhancing drugs. Yeah, for people that are taking PDs, I think <clears throat> the it's not necessary. It's not. Ne- well, it's not. It's not usually a case in my limited experience uh, of who takes more does the best. Um, probably partly because of genetics, but I think essentially all of the other factors that a, a kind of a natural individual need to, to take into account in terms of actually quality training and nutrition stuff, they still apply to people taking drugs. The drugs and the PDs just give people kind of almost like a, a, a wider spectrum that they can reach. But if you're not doing all the other things right, you can take as much gear as you like, but you're not going to be getting the results you, that you're going to expect. You're not going to just take drugs and then suddenly just be fucking Mr. Olympia. That being said, um, there are uh, st- there, there there is some studies out there which shows that even people sitting on their ass and doing no training still grew muscle, taking steroids compared to other people. So they're clearly quite efficient, quite effective <laughs> for people that say, "Oh, steroids they they don't do anything extra." It's like, yes, they fucking do. Um, but that being said, it doesn't take away from the hard work and the consistency and the commitment that's required for people that do take them. Um, yeah, we, we, if anyone's interested, go back to the episode that we did a couple of years ago with Steve Cassidy around um, kind of the usage of drugs and stuff. And obviously, like he said the same thing then, like it, the people that take them still have to train very, very smartly, still have to train under scientific methods if they want the best results. And they still have to focus on recovery, sleep, nutrition, all of those types of things to you know get the most out of them and grow. They're not just going to suddenly just blow up if they don't do any of that. So I think people... Are delusional both ways, by them. Like people, one and think is cheating. When it's only really cheating if you compete in a natural show and yeah. you say you're natural and you're taking it. That's yeah. cheating. Or, although on that, on that, if you're taking it and not telling people, or maybe not, not te- maybe not not telling people, but if you're taking it and letting people assume that you're natural and you don't mm. correct people. I think it is still a bit. It's not cheating, but I think I think there's an efficacy, an efficacy, yeah. ethical issues. Hundred percent. Yeah. I think oh well, it's cheating. It's like, but it's not because they still got to train hard. It just gives them. Like, listen, I listen to Don Doug a lot, and he's like the king of gear, and he pretty much <clears throat> he, tra- he he deals with IFBB professionals, and he's like <clears throat> one. Obviously, they've got to have the genetics to take them. Some people take them, and they blood marks or sore tits up. They're like. Pfft, you can't take them because it's so bad for you. Others can just do what they like and nothing happens to them. And others just react really well. And he said it gives it gives them the scope. Whereas 
of a hypertrophy, generally speaking, if you're not 30% of your max, you're probably not growing you. But with gear, it gives you that scope of being able to go down there and still have results. So effectively, you can train not as hard, which gives you obviously the benefit of having a, a longer mesocycle where you maybe if you, I don't think you start at 30, but you know what I mean, you start lower, so you get less chance of injury and then you can build up across a mesocycle and take it longer because of you can recover better. <clears throat> so it obviously does give a big advantage, but and I think yeah, the other way around, isn't it? He's not, if he's massive, he's on gear, he probably is, yeah, but it doesn't mean he's not working harder. Don't just, just just stick it in yourself and just go, oh, he's massive, look. Mm. Generally yeah. speaking, it's you, isn't it? Yeah. If, you're, if, if I took three grams of test, right, I am going to genetics to be 20 stones ready, so I will never, ever get there, no matter what I put in myself, ever, ever, ever. Mm. People think, oh, you just do this, and you, get, you don't. It's just not the, if your genetics not there, doesn't matter what you do, you will never get there. Yeah. I would never be a basketball player because <laughs> I'm only six foot. <laughs> but, hold on, hold on. There are six foot basketball players. Well, you know, they are, obviously they're outliers, but still, I mean, I don't know what the average height is as, as an NBA player, or not obviously NBA, but obviously NBA being the the the, the best and most well known basketball league. Um, but you know, even the sm- like. Are they small forwards, or I mean, I suppose the point guards are probably your smallest men generally, and they're probably still average height six five or something. What was Larry Bird like seven foot? Yeah, he was like a power centre, wasn't he? Though, so he's supposed to be. MJ was six six, is he? Again, no. He's obviously a, M- MJ was what was this? I don't know what your position would be really. I don't, I don't. I don't know NBA. I mean, I follow bits of NBA, but. <clears throat> But yeah, obviously, like you got your, your tall centers, obviously. But and then I think the get the game's obviously a lot different nowadays as well. In that, when you watch some of the more modern basketball players, there are probably well, no, not all teams actually. There's still some obviously big like LeBron's big fucking powerhouse people. Um, but there there are a lot of smaller, just really skillful, athletic people now. Say smaller, like still six five, six six. Mm. But I wonder how much uh, PDs are in that. What? How how many are using it? Oh, fucking tons, no doubt. Let's be honest, it's probably no different than any other professional sport that like we've talked about time and time again. Like, they're probably all on it. Here's a thought. PD use is the fault of the public in high-end sport. Okay. What do you think of that? Interesting. Well, if I just did that without any explanation, what do you think? Without any context. Um, PDs are the fault of the general public. Um, yeah. PD use. I- yeah, I, I mean, I guess it's. I don't know if I, I don't know if I necessarily agree without thinking it through more or understanding your context. But I suppose I mean, obviously, the popularity of sports drive people to want to be better and do more. And but then I guess also the, the athletes themselves create that. Um, like most most people that are athletes are so dedicated. I mean, what there was some stuff obviously year, a few years ago where they had surveyed like Olympians and said, "Would you would you for a gold medal? Would you take ten years or something like that off your life?" And like almost all of you unanimously went, "Yeah, absolutely." Like I'd happily die ten years earlier and take a gold medal. Like it shows you how committed they are and how prepared. And you know, sports people are they're like doing stuff probably knowing full well that potentially they're harming their 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 mortality and. Uh, aim quality of life potentially as well later down the years footballers smashing balls obviously 
uh, fight sport um, people that in fight sports just getting punched in the head constantly American football players all of those know the dangers and the, the potential um, issues and limitations on their health later in life they all still do it though they won't stop well no definitely not they sport they love it and I mean a lot of them are, are paid very very well for it as well so they, it's like the life leading it's like oh well I'll take uh, 10 years off my life just have a good life from till then yeah. I mean the, the, now 90 so that's not bad yeah the issue is when you see some of the older boxers nowadays like especially boxing you, you think to yourself is it worth it because they're getting to their 40s and 50s now where you're like they're clearly severely um, damaged for want of a better word, where you don't, oh, I don't know, I don't know if it's worth it, is it? Especially yeah. bear in mind, none of them probably got paid that much money at those times. Obviously, the high high end sports nowadays are a lot more lucrative than some of your 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 kind of high end professionals twenty years ago. Like Mayweather, he never got touched really, did he? So he's probably still. Uh, he's probably right, yeah. Yeah, probably been 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 glanced once, I think, didn't he? Yeah. That's the thing about Mayweather, like he's. Like no one, no one really likes Mayweather, do they? As in terms of like, most people hate him, but he's had to generate, he's had to generate this character as being a hated character because, to be honest, his boxing is so boring, and I mean that with with the greatest respect. Basically, he's found he's so good at boxing that he's found a way to just basically not get punched and just skillfully win boxing fights. Um, but it, that is boring for the spectator. But to be able to generate the the kind of promotion and stuff he's got, he's had to just do like outside of his boxing, just be a twat <laughs> and like do all the money type stuff and all, all that sort of thing, just to generate publicity. And that's, so it's almost like, well, if if people aren't going to like me, I'm going to have to get people to hate me to generate some popularity to be able to get all the good fights and create the reputation he has. And obviously, he's done that absolutely amazingly. So hats off to him. Really. Yeah, and as I said, he, he, he sorry, mate, as I say he's he's generally, you know, you can't say he's not the the greatest pound for pound boxer ever to have existed you know arguably is the problem is it's just fucking boring mate yeah. you are a, you are and always have been a boring boxer like really boring but it's like we fight Canelo it's like oh he's at them no he didn't at them no glanced him glanced him like that happened once unbelievable <laughs> boxer yeah I I go back to what I said earlier about it's the problem I don't, I don't really think that but thought I'd put it out as you think do you think people want to see people go faster lift heavier weights be bigger be more shredded and then let's be fair the human can only go so far without other things coming into it to make them obviously they're still human but you know human mark two it's like there's no one walking around this earth 20 stone with abs naturally no wow. it's like a species of who it's like a different species it might be someone yeah You've seen a pro body, but in real life, you think that is a different species. Yeah. It's like unbelievable. I watched, I seen Rich Piana from three feet away, 320 pounds with abs. Mm. I thought, I'm, I, I stay, he must have thought I was, I don't know, weird. I just do looked at him in. This is not a human. Do you, do you know, so I've seen Rich Piana, not quite that close, but I've seen him in, um, in the flesh. And what amazed me is how small he is in like height. Yeah, height in. It's weird because obviously he's like, like small in height, quite a small waist. Actually, doesn't come across as thing. But then when you look at him, everything else is just kind of like engorged, like just everything just sucking, just massive. Yeah. It's so weird. Like yeah. his, his arms don't look like they they could physically be the size they are. But like his arms were probably bigger than my waist. Like I I don't know what size arms he ever had, but I can imagine he's got like a thirty two inch 
like fucking biceps or something. <laughs> it's, it's, it's ludicrous, isn't it? And people, whether people like it or not, they are they are attracted to that. And not talking sexually, but in some fashion, they thinking they're looking. What the fuck is do, that? Do you know what's funny though? Like general population look at that and goes, "Do, do they take steroids or anything?" <laughs> no, like, no, no shit, no shit. Yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah, they, so, they, would, they wouldn't use the term na- are they natural because they wouldn't understand what that means but they, yeah. you know do, oh do, do they do they take steroids like, I remember once I remember once I showed some yeah I, I showed some people some picture of Ronnie Coleman and like the, the, the guy I was with was like alright oh, okay do, so do they just lift a load of weights or do they, do they have to take drugs on? I was like uh, it amazes me that people have to even ask that question like have you seen it like do you think that that's kind of like a person can can just do that lifting weights you, you look around you know how many how many people do you see that, that you don't do it but just, you, you've never seen one people have never seen one in, in ever in their life walking on the players never ever ever seen the guys big as Ronnie Coleman never in their, do, in their life and they never will probably yeah. do, you know, do you know what's interesting though like for all of the people that uh, I've met in the fitness industry say that look um I suppose I'll look on social media and stuff like you th- expect them to be massive. You meet them in real life and they never are. The only person probably was Big Dan, but he's a big cunt. <laughs> um, actually, no, to be fair, Mike is also quite big in real yeah. life. Mike Harrison. Um, probably bigger than you might think. Um, but for most people, he's got a tiny head though, hasn't he, Mike? <laughs> Savage. He has got a tiny little head. Um, <laughs> sorry, Mike. You ain't going to listen anyway, let's be honest. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, mo- most of them are like, oh, actually, you're not as big in real life as so I maybe thought. It really shows you the perception of social media and what people can kind of portray in terms of lighting angles and, you know, kind of best pictures and a pump and all those types of things. It does make a massive fucking difference. But anyway, it goes back to the point. Yeah, like you see a, a proper bodybuilder, like, a you know, an enhanced bodybuilder that you know it competes in something like an olympia or or has aspiration to yeah fucking massive it's obscene isn't it? it's just there's no one you people because you always get people you know, when you're on like, i used to get it when i was bigger like not that i've ever been massive i'm not saying but when i was 20 and i was like 80 so, oh i know someone who's twice the size of you i'm like ah no you don't do you you don't do yeah. you may know big people don't know someone who's twice the size of me you know what i mean 36 don't well, I, was, I was gonna say if, if they're twice the size of me you know you would be Ronnie Coleman. It's like that's that sort of thing. You know Ronnie Coleman then, because like, he's about the only bloke who's probably big enough. Even then, like not really seventy stone, is he? But it's like if I think if you're <laughs> if you're banging around and if you're if you're under eighty pound in in single digits, you're big. Mm-hmm. You're much bigger than anyone most people will see, mm-hmm. because I think people forget when you get lean. Well, not forget, they don't know. But as you get leaner, you look bigger. Out of clothes, not in clothes. Out of clothes. Yeah. Do you, I don't know if you follow him, but um, I think he's IFBB pro actually. Um, but obviously in what whatever weight class he, I don't know what weight class it is, but um, Brett Freeman, I think. Um, what's his Instagram? Oh, I forgot it is now. Something like. Sure, watched a video of him earlier on. Yeah, it, but I, he's fucking diced, absolutely shredded. Um, but I'm sure I, I heard him on a podcast, and he said he got down to like something like one four six on stage, like a hundred and foot, like ten stone basically, ten a bit stone. And it kind of shows you, really, like... Friedman. No, Freeman. Freeman. Probably, probably different dude. Bodybuilder. Let me find his uh, Instagram. Just just kind of proving the point around, kind of... Oh, was he on a podcast with... Um, uh, 
Steve Hall. They are, uh, or they do, they do, like they know each other or have done podcasts. So yeah, probably. Um, His Instagram is Baft Tub. No, Baft Tub, as in B-A-F-T-U-B, Baft Tub. Baft Tub. Um, And obviously you kind of look at some pictures and obviously the fact that he's shredding dice, it looks, looks fucking massive. But like, to your point, like... It's because he's so lean. Because actually, he's, I'm sure, like he said on stage, he got down to something like 145 pounds or something, like 10 stone for a guy that is small. But yeah, obviously, small. there isn't an ounce of body fat on him, hardly. Like, he's obviously, he's legitimate for like that 4 or 5% range. Um, but he just looks massive because obviously he's so lean and, and the, the muscularity and definition obviously comes through. Um, no doubt, like, I guess, like a lot of those people that get down to that stage weight in off seasons probably do kind of jump weights of 30 40 pounds quite comfortably um and obviously that's not all 30 40 pounds of body fat there'll be like glycogen and and kind of other um kind of like non-fat mass that increases that but still like it does shows you it just shows you the difference of (coughs) or how much kind of weight people have to lose to get to that real true bodybuilding stage type of definition Sorry to interrupt this episode, but we just wanted to let you know that we're currently accepting applications to work with any of our coaches to help you lose weight and get shredded or build muscle and get jacked. If you want to know more, just head over to nnncoaching.com forward slash apply. No contract links, just evidence-based coaching to make sure you get the results you've always been after. Um, yeah, it's mad really, isn't it? It's like absolutely madness. But... People always underestimate how much weight they're going to lose. Always. But it goes back to that... that, that that natural versus enhancing it he's a hundred he's a hundred he's a professional is he Probably. uh yeah i think he, like he's obviously natural clearly yeah well yeah, 140 yeah. i imagine or 140 was. on stage big ram he's 310 yeah well big ram he's obviously natural as well right mm. <laughs> natural at birth so one i'm not sure then mate i think i'm sure his mum must have been injecting while he, he was developing inside the womb because <laughs> that only explains his size <laughs> So he's 170 pound heavier. So on stage, he is. That's me. He's he, so heavier. Yeah, he's me. And that is free fat mass. <laughs> uh-huh. He's probably even leaner than him as well. Yeah, yeah, it's mad, really, isn't it? But absolutely mad. Anyway. That's what people want to see, don't they? they? They don't really want to see a 10 small guy on stage next. Like, it's not impressive, is it? But you, watch, you see a 320 pound guy on stage, what do you think? Jesus Christ, that is an alien. Go, go, going, going back to obviously the kind of point of that part of the conversation, um, I do kind of think maybe they should just go, do you know what? Let's just fucking let everyone do what they want. Let's stop worrying about kind of restrictions or or, or, or making people forced to be natural. Like in all sports, let's just allow all sports for people to do what they want. Um, and just have like some sort of fucking super leagues of shit where you just got superheroes doing stuff effectively. Because let's be honest, that would be, what would be really funny is if, say that they did like a, uh, I don't know, say that say that they suddenly created a super league, in air quotes, of like football, say, but no one was any better than previously, because like, oh, well, they all taking drugs previously yeah. then? <laughs> that'd, pro- that'd probably happen. Yeah. You are? That's you're going to get. Probably the top 10 in all the top sports would probably be the top 10 anyway, again. Yeah. yeah. But it's like, at least then they can control what's being produced to give well, to them. Yeah, and also I think it probably levels the playing field a little bit because obviously there will be some people that aren't 
that are trying to compete and not using drugs and obviously that's then unfair on those individuals and that's probably why so many people use them because obviously it's kind of like well if i don't everyone else is uh, like you go back to the the lance armstrong issues or, and or you know controversy of of blood doping and stuff it's kind of like his his defense if it, if it is a defense it's like well everyone else is doing it it's rife in cycling if i didn't then i'd be far behind everyone else I do think he was made an example of me. Yeah. Have Have you um, slight slight tangent but linked? Have you seen Icarus on Netflix? Yeah. So if you watch that, actually, we've talked about this before, haven't we? Actually, yeah. But again, exactly that. You, the, the guy there tried to blood dope or take performance enhancing drugs and got absolutely nowhere because it's like everyone else is doing it. So actually, hasn't really helped me. <laughs> I, I don't think he imp- he didn't really improve much either, did he? When he was taken. Uh, I don't know. I can't really remember now. It seems like ages ago I watched. I, I kind of remember thinking that um, it wasn't as extreme. Uh, I suppose performance increase, um, but obviously he was also trying. He was he was trying to go from obviously like amateur cycling basically into like semi pro, wasn't he? So and obviously trying to kind of go up the semi pro ladder just couldn't do it because everyone else was already taking gear, so yeah. um, or blood doping or doing whatever. So. It goes back to genetics, doesn't it? If you, just, if you haven't got the genetics for it, then no matter what you do, you wouldn't get on there. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, for general pop that don't have those types of aspirations in kind of being the absolute best at something, whether it's a sport or whether it's kind of like body composition and kind of eking out or everything, I think people just need to almost disassociate the end result almost and i know it's a bit cliche because we talked about before around kind of setting um smart goals or process related goals that type of things rather than kind of like um outcome based goals um but it is true i think once people start to realize and fall in love with the process and just enjoy doing the things rather than you know and use that statement quite purposefully doing the things um people are way more content way more happy because they're not all of a sudden worried or reliant on something happening as an outcome they're just yeah. enjoying as they go along i think there's so much. i i said to a, a friend today um who i met for outside exercise completely legitimate and this that wasn't even a uh a what's the word not not uh, a code that wasn't a coded message that was a genuine i met a friend for a run outside which is completely legal and allowed for in the regulations but as um as we were doing our our jog um I was saying to him about like progress and dieting and stuff. And I said, I'm not sure I'll ever diet again, if I'm honest, because I actually feel like I've got no reason to. Like genuinely, as long as I don't oh, push my body weight up too high to a point where I feel uncomfortable or, and I think to do that, I'd probably have to literally overfeed and I'm not going to overfeed. Like, as in when I say literally feed, I mean like force feed to a point where like a bodybuilder would be force feeding to push in calories because they want to generate as much muscle hypertrophy as they possibly can. So if I'm not kind of really pushing myself beyond those limits and force feeding, I probably never really need to, to diet again. I could probably just get away with just eating and training and just enjoying the process and not really worrying because I don't need to look a certain way. I don't feel uncomfortable in my body. I've got a lot of self-confidence. Um, but say a lot. Like I've got, an, I've got, I, I, maybe not self-confidence is the right word. I, I've just got a lot of self-contentness. Contentedness, I don't know if that's a word. <clears throat> and for all of that reason should be that actually, well, relatively happy then. So let's, like, why do I need to push myself into places where I don't want to do, like dieting? You wouldn't, would you? And you, you probably maintain a, a decent nick all year round, which is like, you're in decent nick, you're in 
probably in a healthy weight category for uh, longevity. You enjoy your training. You're not really struggling with food. You eat what you want, obviously within reason. You don't have to really worry about, well, that's 200 calories or that or the other. You can yeah. go out if you want. You can have a drink where you want. That, for <clears> everyone, <throat> that's where you need that. The ideal place is that is where we, where you are. Like I'm happy with our look. I don't have to try to maintain my condition or what I'm I'm happy at. I can have a social life and not worry about it. I can go to any event and not worry about it. That's what people want to be in yeah. it. You talk about obviously. Oh, you can eat what you want. Well, within reason. But yeah. what's quite interesting, like if you um if you analyse what I've eaten today, right? I've had. I had 105 grams. I don't know, 105 grams. 105 grams. It's, it's, it's weird because the, uh, the portion sizes on these, um, what I was going to say, super oats by Eat Lean are 35 gram portions. <coughs> so I kind of just started having three portions. So it always comes out 105, which is That's funny. 350 calories, isn't it? Uh, I don't know no i think it's maybe a bit more well basically i i basically i chuck a banana in and pro tip if anyone uh likes banana in porridge which i do i like banana cinnamon sugar and um obviously oats um always put banana in with the oats and like milk or you know or if you're doing however you're cooking your oats um in while you cook it way better don't don't do that heavenist type of behavior where fucking people <laughs> chop it up and stick it on top and you kind of got like cold banana on your oats now you want it nice and cooked in there lovely would you say poor behavior would be oats whey banana cold yeah it's fucking disgusting how dare you <laughs> that's gonna be like harry smith type fucking i know he eats like stuff like that. i'm sure he does just sticks like cold shit in a bowl and eats it like, eats it like that or like maybe he'll just put, he'll like do his oats. And actually, maybe I'm, I'm probably a bit unfair, really, because uh, mate, he might say actually it's bullshit, and I'm misrepresenting him. But um, I was thinking he's the sort of bloke who probably sticks his oats banana in a Tupperware tub and pours just hot water on it and eats it like that. I was like, that's not even cooking it. It's just hot water on oats. That isn't, cook, that isn't cooking it. <laughs> so, you put it in a pan. Like yeah, I'll, yeah, always on a pan. So, but Never. this isn't what we're supposed to be talking about. But anyway, um, chop like whole banana chopped. In a pan, uh, I usually use coconut milk because I like the coconut taste with oats. Plus, obviously, it does lower the calorie content a little bit because, like, two hundred or three hundred mils of coconut milk compared to three hundred mils of normal milk is like forty calories versus like one hundred and twenty. It's like a third of the calories. So, you coconut milk you use to cook with? Like sorry, no, not coconut cream, <laughs> not coconut cream. Just coconut milk. So unsweetened oh, coconut yeah. milk out of a carton, which as I say, don't yeah, don't confuse it with coconut cream because that's a different fucking kettle of fish, boyo. Um, but yeah, cook, so chop banana, 200 mils coconut milk, 105 grams of super oats, which obviously are um, oats with a bit of whey concentrate in. But I'll be honest, I one of the first bits of feedback I gave Eat Lean about it when they gave me a sample was I said, do you know what I really like about these? These these in air quotes, they're not protein oats. They're called super oats. We're just obviously slightly higher protein content because there is some whey protein concentrate in them. They taste like fucking oats and they cook like oats. They don't make it go clumpy or weird like fucking putting whey in your protein. Does. So obviously I said that is the biggest, best compliment I could give. They are like oats. Um, you know, so yeah, anyway. Uh, cinnamon sugar and cook like that. And uh, I think, I mean, my breakfast is about 550, maybe 600 calories. Um, that might also be because I did have a 20... Uh, 30 grams scoop of whey on the side which obviously like 25 grams of extra protein because i think the the 100 grams of oats i have with coconut milk 
is only something like 22 grams of protein. So I think like if that was just oats, so just, you know, picking up Eat Lean here, um, it might only be an extra seven grams of protein compared to like normal oats, say. So hence why it doesn't clump and look shit like your, you know, like protein oats that people make. Um, anyway, we're supposed to be talking. So anyway, that's how, that's how you should cook your, your oats. Um, so that was my breakfast. Um, I had two bacon sandwiches at lunch with uh, some crudités, let's say, let's call them that, but basically just like hand cut vegetables on the side because I thought better have something healthy for me. Uh, then I had a 100 gram bowl of Cocoa Pops um, and again, protein shake on the side. Uh, and then I've just eaten half a pizza, like a big pizza, not like a small pizza, but like a big Aldi jobby, like a big sourdough one, which is obviously like quite a large one, like bigger than my MacBook. Um, so I had half of that with some tender stem broccoli, uh, a few chips and some sprouts, funny enough, steamed sprouts. So what a, what a fucking recipe that is. Uh, and then I'll probably have a protein bar and a couple of little chocolates um, before bed. So obviously you said about you can eat what you want. The whole point I brought all up is kind of like that is not the type of diet people might expect. Like, okay, porridge maybe, but bacon sandwiches, Cocoa Pops, pizza kind of like it's not really what people would imagine your average nutritionist or fit pro might have that's the perception people have about like perfect perfect food and that's like that diet is like so far removed from what people yeah like you said from what people think they should be eating mm. to what don't get me wrong if you if you've been dramatically overweight you probably shouldn't be eating like at the start however you're in a place where you can eat anything you want because you're still in the body when you probably know, right, I know roughly how many calories that is. I know roughly what I'm doing in a day. You can do it. Right? There's definitely, that is definitely the place where everyone well, should get to. If you think about it as well, right, so if you analyse and break that down, I have still focused all of my meals on a protein source, other than breakfast, because, um, like, you know, who eats fucking vegetables for breakfast unless it's onion and peppers in an omelette or something. Um, but other than breakfast yeah johnny does other, other to be fair there are no breakfast foods only food you need for breakfast as they say but uh, who eats who eats um oh, obviously sorry let's go back when when uh, you look at my meals and analyze them i have still basically looked at the what we would consider the non-negotiables of kind of decent nutrition you know i focus all my meals around a protein source they include some vegetables um and potentially you know a relative serving of things like carbohydrates depending on what my current goal is at this moment because obviously even like you know a bacon sandwich i had like fucking eight bacon medallions in it or something that was like 40 grams of protein and then obviously like i said i put so there was like some sliced fresh beetroot sugar snap peas some carrots like i chopped up um and some red pepper i think so again like a portion of vegetables you know the bread was a like okay it's four slices of bread but um they were like 50 50 left 80 calories or something a slice so not like a huge amounts of of like carbohydrates um and then again even dinner like okay half a pizza but i had half a pizza with some added eat lean cheese to bump the protein content up to about four again 40 odd grams and then my sides were effectively all vegetables so like when you look at it like that and analyze what what my meals have really been like they don't that far off what you would expect as kind of i said these non-negotiables of nutrition that we would probably try and teach as behavior changing habits to, to our actual clients so Folks on a pizza, and they eat pizza, a bit of chocolate, uh, bacon. They think, oh, you can eat a lot Yeah. Yeah. But it, it kind of reminds me of that. Um, 
uh, I think it was a study, but there's there's been kind of like a lots of the graphics that are often made out of it. But where there's like you take a hamburger, say, and then like a hamburger is unhealthy. But if you take break it down into constituent parts of a lean meat patty, a you know vegetables, lettuce, tomato, blah blah blah, and then a, a you know a simple carbohydrate source of a bun, all of a sudden that's okay. It's like mm, they're the same thing. They're just ones put together, and one is. It, don't be wrong it's like anything you know there are really shit hamburgers like which would could be potentially like very high saturated fat contents and you know like even potentially poor quality meats and all this type of stuff but the you know the principle is true that it's kind of like how you present stuff in terms of in your mind what it is it could actually just be that's the only thing wrong how you present it because in its constituent parts it's actually totally no different than a chicken broccoli and rice type meal say when you break it down to, to certainly when you start breaking it down to like macronutrient contents of foods a lot of times it's like yeah actually that is no different than the blah 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 what you're eating yeah, but often people look at a pack oh it's loads of stuff in this it's, yeah, yeah but what is in there though oh oh yeah it's alright didn't it I said yeah just because it's shit those ingredients it doesn't mean it's bad it's yeah. already means it's shit what's in it you tell me what's in it but oh, it's processed but it's processed yeah yeah but it's just chicken oh there's, there's, there's green veg in it oh there's potato oh right, okay not oh, bad is it? Oh, but it's, you know, there's you know there's xanthan gum and all that. I'm like, ah, yeah, and what's I gonna do with you? What is it then? Oh, I don't know. Well, why is it bad then? Oh, yeah, I but, don't know. But there's, there's a sauce. The sauce must be processed. That must be bad for you. Yeah, but what's in the sauce? You like look at it. It's like tomatoes, <laughs> tomatoes, garlic, like, onion. All right, okay, yeah. But I, you know, people, the worst people for that. People just think, oh, chemicals are bad. And like, but why? Like what? What, for what reason? They're like, oh, I don't know who you are. But, but why? Are they the people who tell other people and who believe them? Mm. You know what I mean? yeah, it's not. It's not natural, Johnny. It's not. It's not natural food. I see the ingredients of blueberries and things. Yeah, the things is in them. It's like people look. People think certain things are. I don't know. They're obviously healthy blueberries, but they, they don't look about. You know what makes well, up? Yeah, what makes... I think obviously they don't certainly understand that. Like the chemical names and structures of everything can be quite scary on paper because obviously there are lots of words and um well lots of chemicals that you, people just don't know and understand so they're like they sound very scary but when you realize actually no it's it's a blueberry it's just got lots and lots of constituent molecules and chemicals that make it up um and obviously written down on paper it looks like a scary fucking thing to eat you know the whole then, universe is made from chemicals but um so, so you should never eat quinoa or quinoa because you can't say it. That's what I say, isn't it? You shouldn't, you, you shouldn't, you shouldn't eat anything you can't pronounce. So, don't eat quinoa then. No, no, no. I wouldn't eat quinoa anyway. It's a bit gross to be. Well, to be fair, actually, I quite like quinoa if it's in stuff. But like, just eat, eat eating quinoa off a plate like you would maybe like boiled rice. Like you yeah. gotta have, it's either gotta be in a sauce, or it's gotta be in like a salad, or it's gotta be in like a mix of stuff. With like, if you get nice, like I don't know, quinoa mixed with like nuts, fruits, lentils, I don't know, whatever, like a nice little multi-grain mix type thing. Yeah, that's all right. It's quite nice, but boiled quinoa on its own without any flavour in it. Yeah, do you know, what like mean? avocado. I don't mind avocado on its own, but in with some nuts is much better. Yeah. Uh, yeah, although when you get a nice, when you get an avocado that is like perfectly ripe and creamy, like I can sit and eat slices of that on its own. For yeah, it's lovely. 
Um, albeit I do agree, it's like like it's one of those things where like you pair it with crispy bacon or um, you know even like a poached egg or whatever. I know it's a bit fit pro fucking sycophanty stuff, but yeah, I think sometimes that can go lovely. But yeah, I eat a lot of avocado actually. I don't. I think it's it's kind of like a historic thing. I've conditioned myself to not waste calories in air quotes waste calories on um kind of like what is reasonably calorie dense foods for, for obviously the, the amount of volume you get but i when i do have i do enjoy it that's fair yeah if i can't remember the last time i did have it i can't have been that long ago but i don't eat it that regularly as you can tell my diet consists of bacon sandwiches pizza and um cocoa pops so so great i haven't yeah. had, I haven't had any cocoa pops pizza or bacon today funnily enough no when was the last no. time you had Cocoa Pops? I can't remember. No. You are dieting though, mate, so it would be expected because they're not foods that are particularly helpful for diet adherence. Because you know, I would go for is Rice Krispies. You well, get a fair amount of volume. Yeah, well, good good volume and not massively hyper palatable. No. So they they yeah, so like unlike Cocoa Pops, they obviously they make you or potentially could make you want to eat a lot more of them, whereas Rice Krispies probably still have that bland kind of, yeah, blandness to them, where it's kind of enough to stop you wanting to go mad. Changing the ricicles, however, different story. Same with, same, same with cornflakes versus Frosties, or Crunchy yeah. Nut. It is, it is a totally different game, isn't it? Yeah. Totally different game. Yeah, it is. It is but, um, I, I would probably like to point out to the listeners that are interested... My diet doesn't usually actually... This is probably the worst day of the week to kind of focus on or analyse my diet because uh, like, it is cardio day and the, the types of foods that I eat might not necessarily be the same as I would eat any other day of the week. So, it's a, Would you say it's a total outlier or it's just a bit worse than normal? Probably, probably closer to the total outlier than worse than normal, but probably somewhere a bit more in the middle if it was a spectrum because... Um, I mean, like some lunches I'll have eating toasties, say, or, you know, I might have, uh, yesterday I did have like a um, chicken breast with uh, packet rice, half a, half a packet rice I shared with Jenna, and then like, again, some vegetables and stuff. So obviously that's quite a, air quotes, clean, healthy meal, isn't it? Rather than a toasty, which air quotes is not a healthy, clean meal, <laughs> ironically. Um, so yeah, I, I suppose, like, I mean, although like there's other days where I'll get like hot, carvery baguettes from like local farm shops and stuff which again you know no one can really say that they're not a healthy thing you know reasonably lean not, I suppose it depends what I have but reasonably lean meats and a and a carbohydrate source like I mean is it really that bad if I then add some nutrition or, or more nutrient dense foods to them like vegetables which I usually do when I have meals like that how is it not a healthy meal bit of cranberry sauce yeah mm. well my local farm shop does the fucking best like that it's like a gravy brisket but it's basically like sliced chopped like pulled apart brisket um and they just then like slather a nice little bit like proper gravy that they've obviously made over the top of it and in a nice crusty baguette it's fantastic but um yeah it's it's fucking brilliant i go there far too often and i'll be honest like if anyone needs to check go go back actually you probably can't sit now it'd be called my instagram story but i'm not even joking i wish i'd have weighed the baguette but there was so much meat in it it's unreal like to a point where i actually was like had to sit up going I think the protein is just stuck in my esophagus I can't get it down there's so much of it Ugh. like I, I I did this cross section of it where it was like the baguette was like this so if you imagine a cross section of baguette 
the outer side of it, the bread, was like non-existent. It was just like one massive just circle of meat all the way through the middle. Class. Yeah, that's good. Very good. Something I could do with my mouth. Yeah, you probably shouldn't be talking or being so focused on food for someone that is um, how many weeks now deep in a diet? Obviously, other than a Christmas break. I don't remember. But it's end of October, November, wasn't it? Yeah, was it? I suppose not that many then, actually, thinking about it. I suppose it's a fair amount, but it's not, you know, you're not talking a 20, 25 weeks in. No. What's when I got 5% mince and veg? Standard Johnny meal, that isn't it? Mm, 5% mince, frozen veg. Yeah, it is frozen veg, you're yeah, right there. Of course yeah. it is. Do you know that? Because one of the... It's the Tesco's one, but it's 5% mint and it's veg in it. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I I bought that for quite a while. Do you know why I started buying that? Because I quite like the fact it's got a slightly softer texture. Yeah. Than like, kind of like normal meat because of the, I guess, the vegetables that has pureed through it. I've eaten raw mints once. I can't remember what it's called. It's, it's a meat, uh, what's it called? What, like tartar. <laughs> I'm not sure it's mince mate by the way well I suppose it is it's minced beef but it's not like your typical mince that you would get yeah. out of a supermarket well I hope not anyway because uh, yeah. not that you can't eat, not that you can't eat red meat raw because obviously you can and not get sick but I wouldn't want to be eating kind of raw 5% mince out of Tesco's no I'd be buzzing there as in Germany it was like I wouldn't say I'd have it again it's, it was mm, iffy like, no. maybe it's psychological if you're eating raw meat I don't know but it's just not the same obviously because it's not cooked but there you go there we are yep there we go um, we have not talked about anything we were going to talk about today which is fine we'll just save it for, for another episode because we've now done a whole hour and one minute and not even touched on the topic so uh, hopefully people just enjoyed the ramblings as usual of, of Johnny and Brett um, have we got anything we want to update people on? Plug. I suppose we haven't. Have we? Other than but usual, buy a cheese. Please like, rate, like, subscribe, all that stuff. Share with your network if you think people enjoy it. That would do us the solid honour. Um, yeah. If you could share with people, that would be lovely. Um. So again. NNN ten for cheese. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I said buy your cheese. NNN ten. Um, new nibbles out actually. I don't know if you've seen that. They've been posting pictures of myself and my daughter with a new little snack pack, which is like um, little cheese batons. It's a little snack pack with cheese batons, uh, like a little section for different sauces. So you can obviously buy different flavors of different sauces, like a sweet chili, a barbecue, and a, what was the other one? Probably ketchup. I can't really remember, actually. But there was three flavors. Um, and then like another little section of it is almost like a little bit of a seeded nut mix, like a flavoured spiced seeded nut mix or whatever, depending upon what flavour you get. So um, really good, actually, like 190 calories, 25 grams of protein. Nice little snack pack to take away. So imagine a bit like a posh dairy dunker slash like grey seeded pot type thing. I'll have a look at that. I'll I think um, they only got released yesterday. So they've been using my pictures as the influencer i am and the um you know sponsored athlete of eat lean um, yeah. using my pictures yeah so um big, have a look, big, check them out. You're, you're pretty much a celebrity yeah really. pretty much well the thing is i said like perfect you know high quality animal based protein as in a protein source for an animal aka cheese um 25 grams a pack perfect amount spike muscle protein synthesis for all you bodybuilders out there want to be maximizing those gains 
25 grams of an animal-based uh, protein source would probably cover most people's requirements. I would say so. It's yeah. almost a perfect snack. Yeah, and if you're unsure, I did a did a um, a comprehensive pro, uh, post on how much protein one needs back over on my Instagram, Brizzle Hadley. So have a look. Or I think it was on that one, not the Indian one. I think it's on my own one. But go um, go check it out if you're interested. See it. See it. No. I did you didn't it. see it. Oh, I did see it. You had to I was going to say, I fucking, I fucking tagged you in it, so you better read it. Bloody hell, Johnny. Um, so yeah. Anyway, so um, yeah, nothing so, else to plug, I think, so, unless you have. Still an Instagram page, you might still don't know what I'm doing. Really. Yeah, you, well, technophobe, aren't you? But we'll get you there, mate. Don't worry. Maybe Nick and Nick and Nick and Tanya can help us help me out anyway. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, if anyone wants to give you any lessons, mate, directly, feel free to get in touch. Um, uh, we did. We did have uh, a regular listener. Um, sorry, my WhatsApp, my WhatsApp's gone mad <laughs> no. about something that's happening in the White House. Um, something about people get sitting in the White House and getting in, which would be interesting. Might start a civil war. <laughs> a protester sits in the Senate chamber with a photograph, and yeah, it is this protest of people in in the fucking White House? How weird is that? Fucking hell! How'd that happen? Live coverage on YouTube. Quick, get over and see it. Someone's kicking off, mate. Together, yeah, yeah, the mad, yeah, the whole like fucking the whole obviously Trump debacle is madness, isn't it? But um, anyway, what was I saying? Um, what was I saying? Yeah, we had a um, um, uh, or oh, I, I had a message off one of our regulars, Lauren, uh, Lauren Carruthers, who um, mentioned about uh, Ethan Suple, which I don't know if we ever said his name actually in the end. You know, the guy from My Name Is Earl. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. She said yeah. we ought to get him on as a guest. I was like, oh, I think he's too big time for us, isn't he? I think he's big time. He's just, he's an actual. He's been on actual telly. Yeah, you've been in films, right? Should we have? Uh, probably. Yeah, no doubt he has. Um, but he, he's off, he's apparently got his own podcast, um, like own fitness podcast. So I said I might start getting a listen. But um, she said, yeah, apparently it's uh, very interesting. So I might give it a shout out. But um, yeah. I don't know why I brought that up. What was the, what, there was a point to that conversation I brought up, but obviously the fact that I've been bombarded with messages about something to do with Trump getting assassinated. No, he isn't assassinated. I joke, but obviously uh, this this commotion in the White House, um, I've lost my train of thought on it. It was, but doing me being in shit on Instagram, it went from there really. So no, was that any relevance to my Instagram? But, yeah. No, I don't know. I don't know how I got there, but oh well. Oh well, but yeah, so maybe we'll see if we can get him on. E- Ethan Suple, I think is was how you pronounce it. S U P L E. So uh, we'll see if we can get him on. It should be an interesting listen if we can. We, I think, we would be big time if he said, "I'm on this podcast." I think we'd gain at least ten thousand followers. <laughs> when you think about it, right, I I think of some of the guests we've had on that you know are only only probably really famous in the in the fitness world. But we've had guests on here that weren't that famous at the time that I've seen since kind of blown up quite a lot. You know, I think the likes of like obviously Jane Smith, obviously we had him on very early doors, took his podcast virginity. Um, and obviously all of a sudden he's now got fucking hundreds of thousands of followers probably. Um, Alan Flanagan, like he started with a couple of thousand followers when, when we had him on there. Now he's got fucking again like 50,000 followers, something ridiculous. Also probably the smartest dude ever in the world. Um who else did we have on? Oh, I was thinking like Joe O'Brien, obviously head first, head first, head first underscore, something like that is Instagram. Um, we had him on and he obviously had very few followers. Now he's got, again, got a billion followers. I was like, what is wrong with us? We just seem to make people famous. 
just don't get famous ourselves. We get stepped on. Yeah, we do. We just get stepped on, and they just move off in the fucking world of fame, and we're still stuck in the bottom, squashed. This is why we are doing. We are enlisting the help of Nick Lantana to get us to that next. Put us in the stratosphere. I did well, think. I did think. Sorry, man. So I did think we've probably we've had Tanya on. We should probably get Nick on as a. You know, she might do an interesting thing about fitness copywriting or something. Mm. Might be an interesting talk. Anyway, anyway, shall we? Um, shall we wrap us up? One hour seven now. Fucking hell! People are going to be saying, "Will you two just shut the flipping hell up?" I'm starving. I got to prepare all my tomorrow. I got to prepare all my bits for work tomorrow. Before what, I get up. What about your food? Yeah, that's it. All my bits. Yeah, but what about your food? Knife and fork, butter, liquid egg whites, measured out eggs in the in the in a bowl ready so I just chuck in the pan pan out everything's out coffee's ready coffee's in 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 the cup sweetener's in the cup milk stuff doesn't go in the cup Ugh. filled just enough should be quick to boil everything's ready to go I, I fucking despise you mate that you have just openly admitted to the use of instant coffee yeah well um, coffee's I'm in the cup I'm enough to get a 500 pound coffee machine yeah F- 550 I'll have you know 550 <laughs> one, one, it, one. But get now. get one. It's banging. It's honestly, it's the best investment I think I've ever made. Costco got a few like three hundred and fifty quid. Not quite the not quite at that level, but you know, for me, is it looks decent. I I don't know if the extra investment would be worth it or not. You'd probably need to speak to an expert on obviously espresso machines. Whether they would say, I suppose most most experts probably would say actually, yeah, it's worth investing in some better. I mean, don't get me wrong, obviously. They come in a lot more expensive variants than the one I got. Um, you know, thousands generally. Like if you go into like, I don't know if you know this, but if you go into like a proper um, a, a coffee shop, obviously with baristas in there, their machines usually cost like fucking tens of thousands. You know, it might be like twenty grand for a fucking machine for Christ's sake. You're like Jesus Christ. Don't get me wrong, they're big, big commercial ones, aren't they? But um, yeah, there's obviously a lot of brands. I don't know whether at home though, whether like a three hundred pound machine, say. Um, would be as good as something like the one I got. I got mine more based on it was recommendation of the the brand. Like I got a Sage one. Um, it was just recommended that it was a good brand and a and a good machine for the kind of the amount of money. Like basically, it's a it was a value machine for how much you're paying for it. Like it yeah. might be a, it might be worth a thousand pound in reality, but it's only five hundred quid, say. Which obviously, yeah, three hundred pound one might be worth three hundred pounds. So it depends, obviously, really the way you look at it. I don't really know. We'll have but, to get one. Yeah, like money really. I, I enjoy it, mate. I think uh, people that into fitness tend to like science, generally. I don't know. Maybe it's just a, maybe, maybe that's a really bold statement I've just made there. But maybe <laughs> the old players. Yeah, I was gonna say maybe it's just my own look at echo chamber. But I tend to find like the, basically people that like science like making coffee, um, and I think that's maybe that's why fitness people like coffee because um, there is a, a like a, a, a uh, I suppose an enjoyment level or a knack of playing around with different variables to get an outcome yeah. like you have to obviously play like the grind size and the grind amount the tamping pressure that you put on it the um yeah it's just all of those different things that kind of go into obviously then trying to make the the, the air quotes the perfect espresso um and it's just interesting playing around with it and i think what, what the funny thing is right so i i spent i've spent four or five weeks trying to get myself to to get to basically pull a decent one so far and like really struggled <laughs> yeah not a woman um really struggled and um 
I was just thinking, right, I just bought a supermarket beans to start with, thinking I'm not going to be spending a lot of money on freshly roasted, like from a decent roastery, because you know I might spend 10 quid on a ba- like a like a quarter kilo bag of beans, which is, uh, you know, most of it's getting chucked down a sink because I'm just, because obviously they're just poor shots I'm, I'm pulling. Um, and ironically, the biggest change in terms of the actual output I've had is by just changing the beans to something freshly roasted. So, which is weird. So, yeah, so basically I was kind of like putting through and I was getting like loads of channeling, which is basically where it's spurting everywhere. I was getting really low pressure and a really quick um, extraction time, which basically is not, they're all poor markers of a shit espresso, basically. And uh, the thing that changed all of them, like I kept changing all these different variables trying to fix it and I couldn't fix it. And I was like fucking watching YouTube videos and like forums and loads of stuff trying to work out what's going on. And like everything I tried to manipulate or change just couldn't fix it. And then, all I did was change from supermarket year old shit Costa. Well, I say year old. I don't fucking how long they've been sitting there, but like Costa beans, I was buying all like Tesco's own brand type things um, that cost like three quid a bag on the shelves. Changed them to a bag that I bought uh, day after, day after Boxing Day. I can't remember when it. No, it couldn't be actually. It must have been before Christmas because obviously we wouldn't, we wouldn't have been able to go shop because of the lockdown. It must have been before Christmas, like maybe Christmas Eve or the day before, something like that. Um, that were roasted that day in one of my favourite roasteries in Norwich. And um, put them in, and I was like, fixed every every single problem I had. All just completely changed. And I was like, it's unbelievable that that changed it. And I guess it's probably down to the fact that like the structure of the beans that are a year old sitting on a shelf, when you kind of grind them up, stick them in the obviously like your um, basket, like you what you look, call it like basket in a portal filler. Obviously, when they like press it and tamp it down, that um, the structure there just doesn't hold or doesn't create the same pressure as maybe something like fresh does, like a fresh bean because of oils and all the other stuff in it. So. Yeah, strange, so, really. Oh, you what? Piece of problem's been solved. Yeah, well, kind of. I still, I still got some work to do, but it, I just wouldn't have believed that. Like, I understood that for, from a taste perspective, the taste should be a lot better, obviously. But I just wouldn't have believed from actually kind of extraction and the method of getting the coffee, like you know, the coffee out of the coffee beans, it would have been that big a difference. Just so unbelievable. That's that kind, of, just that change would have made all the difference. So I wasted basically fucking five bags of supermarket beans. I should have never bothered buying, especially bearing I was go- I was doing it, taking a sip, thinking, hmm, yes, yeah, all right, chucking the rest down the sink because obviously I can't. I was trying to practice, and I wasn't going to be drinking five double espressos at a time. You'd be off your head. <laughs> yeah. But anyway. Anyway, anyone, uh, anyone want to uh, bore me with their coffee stories? I loved hearing because I love talking about it. It is really interesting. So um, I do think you should get yourself on, Johnny. We can do virtual barista lessons together. Yeah, be amazing. On, do it. Yeah, do it. Not Go on. Like, right. Cheaper oh. than that. No, I'm going to send you a link to that one. You've got to get the same one. No, I've, I've no. I things. It's a bit like like uh, I compare it to like buying like home gym. I keep buying extra little bits from a coffee machine now. Like I bought a naked portal filter, which again probably means nothing to you. Um, okay. No, it's like a little bottomless basket. So when the coffee the espresso comes at the bottom, instead of having those two little spouts where the coffee comes out of, there is nothing. It's just like a basket basically um that's so you can troubleshoot better because you actually see what's going on um i then bought i bought like a leveler to like level my coffee like the little spinny thing that like levels the coffee nice and you turn it upside down it like tamps to the perfect um level and just all the types of things I keep buying little additions thinking, oh what else can i buy for my coffee machine <laughs> you'd be grand with the coffee machine now i know that's what i mean the thing is like the portal filter to be fair it was a cheapy like china ripoff off amazon for like 25 quid or something but if you like it's really difficult to get one for my machine there's like there's a 54 mil basket which is like 
really quite like unique and i think like breville and or say sage they don't um they don't make them themselves in that size which is like fucking stupid so i have to buy like an aftermarket one you can obviously pay like hundreds of quids for some of these things but i thought like, oh, i'm not doing that i'll spare 25 quid off bloody amazon one but yeah by the time you do that and then you i've bought spent like 20 quid on this 10 quid on this and whatever else you think fucking hell yeah you are right i spent a thousand quid nearly on the thing that's expensive i need more clients who wants to sign up <laughs> you need 10 more <laughs> it is true um, if anyone does want to sign up and this maybe we'll end this now because it's now an hour 15 if people do want to sign up we do, we do have some slots available so um, get in touch info at Uh we care about you so we will get you good results I promise um, we will improve your life not just your physique because um, actually I think the latter is no the prior as in your life is far more important than actually changing your physique um, agreed but people come to us not want not knowing that or not wanting that. So, Johnny, what are you sending me hearts for? <laughs> I like that comment. I don't even know what it is. You just sent me like a weird flashing heart on my screen. That's strange. <laughs> right. Do you want to say au revoir, bonjour, and adios? Uh, I'm going to cook food. Okay. Well, Ciao. Cooked. Bye. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the NNN podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please help us by rating on your podcast provider, sharing with your networks so we can get our content out to more people. See you next week.